Like I'm never going to prioritise work over my children. Just won't happen. And I'll never prioritise our children over work. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the B&B Corner, where the worlds of babies and boardrooms collide. I'm your host, Stephanie Slater, along with my co-host. Will Slater. Who is my husband, father of my children, and now co-founder of our business. Um, this show is called the B&B Corner. Why is it called that, Stephanie? The B&B Corner. Well, B&B stands for boardroom and babies because that is what we're going to discuss and everything in between. But it does have a bit of a if you know, you know kind of context. Do you want to explain that? Which is? <laughs> You're putting it back on me. <laughs> so I was – no, what was I going to say? Like what's the inaugural? No. Okay. Oh, I was first initiated into the very local lawn spot. I can't even remember what it's called though. Like is it just called the lawn pub? It's called the Anglers. Oh, the Anglers. The Anglers Club. <laughs> the Anglers Club in lawn. And again, if no you know, you know. No the Anglers Club though. It's just the Anglers. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. On. The Anglers. Um, and they have a very special corner called the Beer and Bullshit Corner. And part of this podcast is obviously going to be boardrooms and babies, but also a little bit of bullshit. <laughs> maybe no beer, but plenty maybe, of bullshit. Maybe no beer. Uh, you'll actually see the um, thumbnail for this podcast is a photo taken from the beer and bullshit corner down at Lawn with... A very special guest. <laughs> a very special guest. <laughs> uh, taken pre-kids when life was a lot easier. Mm, less wrinkles. But um, things have changed. Things have changed. And so we're here because we thought we wanted to share our story, like all the other hundreds of thousands of podcasts. We thought we'd do something totally unique. (laughs) (laughs) Start a podcast. No, but we do. What an innovative thing for us to do. (laughs) No, but we do feel that our story is not necessarily unique, but worth sharing and exploring because we are venturing into something that most parents, I would imagine, don't venture into. True? Very true. I also had a beer down at the Yorong pub a few months ago and the the lovely man behind the bar said, oh, you got a voice for radio, mate. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking great. What does that say about my face? (laughs) (laughs) But here we are doing radio. Am I allowed to drink water? Or This is all saying to Will, ASMR. Ready? (laughs) <laughs> Don't do that again. <laughs> nah. uh, we are. We're launching. We're launching our startup very shortly. But um, this is not necessarily a show just about the business. But this no. is about our life. Um, as Stephanie said, we're we've got two young kids, Sebastian and Arabella, who are three and one. And three and a half and one and a half. Sorry, darling. <laughs> and uh, we're also venturing into the world of startups and business and entrepreneurism. And uh, we are going to talk about. What that's like. Yeah. (laughs) The ups and the downs. And all the in-between because the fact of the matter is our days never look the same. Our minutes of every day never look the same. So when we plan for things, um, it never goes that way. We attend meetings. We can come from a real high, go to another meeting, real low, get a call from childcare. Your kids hit a pole when they've turned around. We had one day when we were working somewhere, I can't remember, and... My phone was ringing and it was childcare. 
And I answered and I was like, oh, I just wanted to let you know that, you know, Sebastian's um, had a bit of an accident. He's turned around and not seen a pole. So he's got a big bump on his head. And I'm like, oh, okay, do do you need me there? Thinking, please say no, please say no. And no, it's okay. He's fine. He's happy. So, okay, great. Get off the phone, get back into work. And literally seven minutes later, childcare's calling again. Like what? They must have forgot to tell me something. Hi, it's Emma from the other room. Just wanted to let you know that uh, your daughter's just had a bit of an accident. Her forehead has kissed the floor. I'm like, what two children in one go? Um, Anyway, so we collected our kids that day with bumps on their heads. Um, But yeah, interruptions all the time, whether it be kids interrupting our work or work interrupting kid time, but we're trying to find our balance. Mm, If there is such a thing. So maybe we should start with what our company actually, or what we're doing. Or do you want to start with your background? You choose. Oh, why are you making me choose? Start with the company. What are we doing? Me start? Yeah. Our story? Our why? What's our story? Why, why we got? Why we're here now? What is Asclo? Why does it exist? <laughs> so why we're here now? Well, take it wherever you want. <laughs> well, so as we said, we have two children, Sebastian, who is three and a half and was born. Oh my gosh, I think I need a burp. Just a minute. <laughs> Mute Stephanie's microphone. <laughs> You're back. I'm back. <laughs> we just had lunch. I've got a bit of reflux happening. <laughs> um, no, so we had this Sebastian. This is episode one, folks, so if you're listening, <laughs> bear with us. Listen, it's raw. It may or may not get better. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, it definitely get better. Um, oh, yeah, so anyway, so we had Sebastian three and a half years ago, but it was in the height of COVID. So Sebastian was born April 2020. Um, and so that obviously brought with it its own... I guess, complications or just things that you never imagine to experience when you have your first child, whether that be uh, you couldn't have visitors in the hospital. There was even a time where we thought that Will wouldn't be able to be in the hospital, um, wouldn't be able to be there for birth, for the birth. Um, thankfully, he was, but that was quite a tricky time. And then when Arabella was born, uh, about, what, a week later? Mm. Not, not even. Uh, Will's former business partner was diagnosed with a brain tumour um, sadly and went downhill quite rapidly and Will then had to take on the roles and responsibilities of obviously his own job but business partner jump in at any point if you want to say anything you're doing well (coughs) anyway and um, so a week post Arabella's birth Will was traveling for he's gone for about two weeks um, and then would be home and then I think he went away like two weeks later no It was like three weeks later for like two weeks again. But when he was home, he was working insane days. So we were living out in the country and his office was in a city. We're in Melbourne uh, now. And so he was leaving at like 5, 6 a.m. and coming home at like 9 p.m., not seeing the kids. And I was kind of single parenting. And it was really intense. Uh, The gap between our kids is obviously quite small. It's actually about 20 months between. And, yeah, life just became really hard. It did. It was... Yeah, had a toddler, had um, a newborn. Obviously, it wasn't babies. Not babies don't sleep, Um, and so I was just really, really struggling. And you can probably speak to your experience in that. Mm. Yeah, well, I think it was it was very challenging to watch as your husband and to see you go through that and feel completely powerless to do anything about it. And I think. 
I've spoken about this before, but it felt like just failing everywhere I looked. I was I felt like I was failing in the business because I wasn't able to be there as often as I'd like, even though I was I was there a lot. Um, and I felt like I was failing at home because when I did come home, I could see the pain and the agony that you were in having to deal with two kids predominantly on your own, save for some very um, amazing mothers and mothers-in-law mm, who, who yeah. took care of a lot. Um, fathers-in-law. Yeah. <laughs> Fathers. <laughs> Story for another day. We'll, uh, we'll book note that one for later. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, it was it was incredibly challenging seeing you experience that, and and I had my own experience of it, which was difficult, but it was it paled in significance to what you were going through. But I, yeah, I felt like I was between a rock and a hard place. There was very little that I could actually do to to change anything because I had well, we have twelve or thirteen staff maybe in the office at that time who were all going through their own emotional challenges of what was going on in the business and new clients, which is why I was travelling and. Um, and then the very small amount of time that I was at home, that was incredibly stressful and challenging. So it was just, yeah, it was a tough old year. Mm, it was. So Will was running a brand and marketing agency. Am I getting that right? That'll do. <laughs> yeah, that'll do. Um, so, yeah, so that was really challenging. And then, yeah, six months postpartum with Arabella, um, we had a bit of an intervention, I guess. Everyone came to me. Anyway, I ended up seeing a GP and was diagnosed with postnatal depression. And was then told, I'm sure most mothers out there will have done the um, Edinburgh scale where you do like 10 questions to assess, I guess, your mental health. But it is a snapshot and it is based on the past seven days. So I was obviously having the worst seven days, more than that. Um, And yes, was diagnosed with postnatal depression and given a prescription for antidepressants. And we can get into our backgrounds a bit later, but I do have a degree in psychology. And so for me, I completely understand that there is a need at certain times for medication, like absolutely. But for me personally, I didn't feel that I was at that point. I just didn't feel that I needed um, antidepressants, something that my body would have to make sense of and then wean off of. I just didn't feel comfortable with that at that point. So I went on my own journey to heal myself, I guess, and understand what was going on physically, emotionally, mentally, that whole thing. So a psychologist... um, And that's when we actually discovered the difference between folic acid and folate. So if you are a mother, you will have no doubt taken a pregnancy supplement and most off-the-shelf supplements have a made ingredient called folic acid, which is a synthetic form of folate. Um, What you may not know, though, is that certain people have a genetic mutation that inhibits their ability to absorb folic acid and turn it into folate. And there have been studies that have suggested a link between the malabsorption of folic acid and <coughs> excuse me. That was very loud. <laughs> uh, between so wait, what was I saying? Oh, the malabsorption of folic acid, um, and then a connection to miscarriage and postnatal depression. So Will and I experienced two miscarriages and a diagnosis of postnatal depression. And I thought, oh my gosh, do I have this genetic mutation? So we went and did a DNA test and sure enough, I have this genetic mutation, which about 44% of the population have. Which is the MTHFR gene. Yes, the MTHFR gene. Um, And I just got really frustrated by that. I couldn't believe that, why didn't I know about this? Why wasn't I aware of um, the more readily absorbable? absorbable? I don't know if that's a word. (laughs) What do you guys think? Ready? Absorbed? Absorbable? 
Anyway, you know what I mean. Bioavailable. Sure. Bioavailable form, um, which if you can't get folate itself is methylfolate or 5-MTHFR. Um, and the reason being is because folic acid is synthetic. It's man-made, but it's cheap and kind of cheap and nasty. Um, and so that's just what's in the big player kind of supplements. Are you looking at me like I want to add something? No. Add. What? Thanks, Elevate. Hmm? We're coming for you. <laughs> oh, no, I was purposely not saying the name. Oh, whoops. <sighs> I love it, I love it, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Edit it out. Um, anyway, so, yeah, that's that started our journey of wanting to really support mums postnatally. We realised that there was nothing or very little out there for mums. Everything is focused on the baby and pregnancy and what to expect, you know, when you're expecting as the books and the podcasts and the everything. There's a gazillion podcasts out there for pregnancy, um, you know, and beforehand when you're planning and everything's just before, 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 before. And once the baby comes, it's like, good luck. See you later. <laughs> See you never. Mm. Um, and then even post, you have the wonder weeks up, which is, you know, your baby's doing this at two weeks, at three weeks, at four weeks, which probably causes more stress than good. Um, I should just say they're always in a fucking regression. Always in a regression, always in that. a leap. Why do you need an app? Just in a regression just for fucking that. five years. <laughs> <laughs> and if it's not a regression, Mercury's in retrograde. <laughs> I'm hot, I need to take my jumper off. Can I do that? All right, we'll pause. Pause. All right, we're back. Yeah, we're back. And I've cooled down. <laughs> um... Anyway, there's just nothing out there for mums. Well, for parents, for parents, but we are playing in the postnatal space for women. Um, and we can, maybe we can touch on more, touch on more. <laughs> Isn't it funny when you're having a conversation like, like this and suddenly you're, you don't, but my vocabulary and ability to form a sentence just goes. Especially for a former English teacher. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a really good segue. So. I've done enough talking. So tell me, tell our audience, tell our listeners. No, but it's important that they know about us and where we come from and, um, you know, who we are as people. (laughs) (laughs) We're bogan Aussies if you can't tell. (laughs) No, we are. Uh, Oh, well, we are Aussies. But, yeah, tell us a bit about your background. Professionally? I don't know if we're not personally just yet. My (laughs) background? Not personal. Save that for later. We're just dating at the moment. Grew up in Bendigo? No, um, my professional background, interesting. Or not. <laughs> <laughs> Is this a job interview? <laughs> well, hey, I'm, I'm really skilled Co-founder. in communication and I'm <laughs> no, a seriously. people person. No. <laughs> I've got leadership qualities. So this is going to be interesting because as husband and wife, often... Most of the time we just fucking fight. <laughs> <laughs> we don't fight, we just... Well, I... Yeah, anyway. I disagree. I'm Italian. We're very different people. Yeah. <laughs> Do you love them? I'm Italian. I'm Italian, <laughs> but I am Italian. So I have far more of a fiery personality than old William over there. Passion, apparently. Totally. Is the word for it. It's excitement. It's joy. It's I think the first time I ever came over for dinner, it felt like the worst argument that I'd ever experienced in my entire life. <laughs> and you guys were just fucking <laughs> saying it. Having a conversation. <laughs> it's true, though. Like... When I went to Will's house the first time, they all just respectfully listened to one another. Like they literally just 
wouldn't talk if the other person was talking. Like, what do you mean? Get excited. You know, interject, share, be like, yeah, me too, woo, woo. Nah, it's like crickets. I'm talking and we will all speak very calmly to one another. Come to my house and we're like, oh my God, no way, that happened to me too. Anyway, Italians. PYO, earplugs. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, not that bad. It's fun. I've, I've come to enjoy it. The Italian Mostly. <laughs> Mostly. <laughs> it's different, but I like it. The first few times I wasn't so sure a whether scared. I would survive or whether people would accept me. Sink but or swim, mate. Sink or swim. But it's all part of the fun. But we are very different people. I'm very black and white and what? People can't see your facial expressions. <laughs> yep. Keep going. What? Black and white? <laughs> You're unbelievable. I'm um, I'm black and white. Mm-hmm. I've got a sense of humour. <laughs> Good on you. Yeah, nah, you what? do. What else is different? Yeah, nah. Yeah, nah. <laughs> I don't think of myself as a bogan, but... I'm quite calm. You are calm. Consistent. With my emotions most of the time. Most is this your hinge time. profile? <laughs> <laughs> this is a job interview, isn't it? No, keep going. Though. Cool under pressure. <clears throat> um, yeah, you are. No, I mean, I just... You know, I'm calm and you fly off the fucking handle, <laughs> <laughs> basically. <laughs> We're the yin to each other's yang or the yang. No, that doesn't make sense. Supposedly. We're yin and yang. Well, yeah, I'm like fiery, quite passionate, very emotional. Um, very emotional. <laughs> I'm empathic or empathic. You make I mean, me sound like the opposite to that, which is a, an arsehole, isn't it? Well, a little bit. No, but like I am just like I'm driven by the heart, whereas I think you're driven by the head. Mm, probably. And our backgrounds are kind of that in a way. Um, but anyway, that's all I was saying. Ta- ta- like we were actually having a marriage counselling session the other day, which, mm. again, story for another time, but uh, our counsellor asked you when you were explaining something, where do you feel it? And you said your heart. And then <laughs> <laughs> Half an hour later she asked me where I was feeling something and I said my head. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. So that's probably very true. Wow, okay, there you go, revelations on B&B Corner. <laughs> no, but seriously, that's actually really true because that's exactly what happened and mm. we've not... Talked about it. Yeah, but yeah. Mm. And that's I think that's exactly us. Mm. Yeah, my, I'm driven by the heart, you're driven by the head. Mm. And you even say that when we're talking about running this business, that I come from... No, what did you say? It was really nice. It's actually one of the nicest things you've said to me. You don't often say those. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, you do, you're all right. What did I say? Well, I'm probably very commercial. My, yep. I've been in business since I was, I don't know, 19, 20 years old. Mm. Various different things. Most of them have failed, but that's okay. <laughs> that's part of it. <laughs> Not most of them have all failed. Well, but that's okay. That's where you get your biggest learnings. Exactly. But I, you know, very commercial and um, probably have been in those conversations where everything's about the dollar and the profit and you bring the emotion to it and the heart to it, which which is a good thing. I am learning from that. I'm learning a mm. lot from that because I. it's not my natural inclination. I think there's a place. There's mm. a place for both. As long as it suits you when that place is don't cry between 9am and 5pm. These are work hours. Nine to nine. <laughs> yeah, or every minute of every day. We literally this morning we had a meeting with our childcare educators because our darling son, I mean bless him, he's being a typical three and a half year old boy if I can say because – 
he identifies as a boy. No, we won't go down that track. Anyway, delete that. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> yeah, 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 cancelled. <laughs> cancelled before you've even begun. <laughs> no, seriously. Um, anyway, no, we had a meeting with our um, childcare educator. And <laughs> sorry, Wills, <laughs> I just have to tell you the funniest story. <laughs> Can I throw you under the oh, bus? Fuck. <laughs> Can I or not? Should we get to Quickly. know our listeners first? Come on. <laughs> so, Will was just like, How are we going to get to know them? Hopefully they'll ask us is questions. This, is or this they a dial-in show? <laughs> Maybe. Um, no, nah, I'll save it for another day. That story. That's okay. He oh, just was. You can't do that. Oh, limb hanging. They might want more, and oh. then they'll tune into the next show to hear what you did. Is this the cliffhanger? This is the cliffhanger. at the end of the episode. Anyway, our son. We got called in. Uh, we had a meeting with the childcare educator. Why am I even telling that story now? I don't know. <sighs> Something about why we're different. No. Oh, yeah, we had a meeting with our childcare educator just to talk about Sebastian and, um, you know, some of the behaviours that he's exhibiting. They're nothing bad. Like, they're not bad. They're just, as I said, typical, can't you know, oh, he's not sharing a toy or he's kicking sand or... Beating a kid up in the playground. (laughs) (laughs) Not that extreme. But, you know, just having these moments of sometimes physical, like a kid takes a toy from him and then snatches it back and then pushes the kid. Okay, not great, but also very, very normal, very, very um, typical of a a three-and-a-half-year-old boy. Just, it's just not atypical behaviour. <clears throat> anyway, as we're walking out of the childcare centre, Will doesn't even ask me how it goes because I was talking to the educator and he was just um, with Sebastian. And like three minutes as we're walking out, after walking out, I was like, so do you want to know how the meeting went? And he's like, oh, oh yeah, I, I mean, guess I was going to start talking about work. And I'm like, oh my God, you know? So anyway, this is a battle we have as well when it comes to the balance between work and parenting. But we're trying to set responsibilities, aren't we? So children are mine. (laughs) Stephanie's primary – well, I mean, we talk about it. We allocate your primary responsibility is the children Mm. and my primary responsibility is the business. We both care about the other. Like I'm never going to prioritise work over my children. Just won't happen. And I'll never prioritise our children (laughs) over work. (laughs) I don't know if you can say that. I just did. But at least we're in agreement on that. We're aligned, aren't we? (laughs) I swear he's a good dad and he does love his children. As long as it's not during work hours. (laughs) (laughs) No, I do love my kids on weekends. They're They're awful. The kids are in childcare Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, so Saturdays are very, very hard. Saturdays are hard. Very Basically hard. one good day a week. Oh no, I'm taking the piss. They're good. They're yeah. beautiful. They are beautiful. I do love them. Just anyway, love so the business a little more. Oh, take that back. I do take that back. Because imagine when they're older and they listen to this podcast. That's going to hurt. Maybe. Oh, <laughs> William. I mean, maybe. Maybe what? Maybe it will hurt, or maybe they'll be like, "Fucking a, I'm into that as well." You don't know. I don't know, but... Anyway, all right. I don't know how this is sitting with me right now. We did discuss before the podcast what happens if we ever fight live on air, (laughs) I guess. Episode one, here we are. (laughs) No, but we do promise to keep it very real and candid. And whilst we're going to have ideas and themes about what we want to discuss in these podcasts, we want it to be very conversational Mm. and organic and transparent because I think... I think something that's quite cool about what we're doing is that there aren't a lot of husband and wife duos who 
have successfully done what we're doing. Now, we're not at the done part. We're in the doing part. So let's pray that we are successful. But, you know, I think you hear of husbands and wives who have started, or partners, I should say, who have started businesses and started ventures together. And sadly, it hasn't worked out because I'm not going to lie, the pressure that this business has put on us is unlike anything I've ever experienced. Would you agree? I would. But I would say that I don't think it's the business mm. necessarily that has put the pressure on. Mm. Talk about I what th- our counsellor said to us. What are you going to say? Sorry, totally I thought this was my idea. <laughs> Did she give it to me? Yeah. Well, my thinking is that yeah, I think it's easy for us in the difficult moments to blame the business because mm-hmm. of the pressure that it puts on us. But I think what the business does is reveal the issues that we already had mm. that we sweep under the rug because it's easy to say goodbye in the morning and go our separate ways and then come back at night and do the, you know, let's have dinner together and then we're tired and let's go to bed and get back up and do it again. And so we never really have a chance to address the issue. But because we We are in each other's pocket every fucking day together, all day, (laughs) and we're doing this business together, every issue that we've ever had Mm. is right in front of us and on the table. Mm. And it's impossible to work unless those issues are dealt with and overcome. Mm. And so, whew, yeah, it's, it's been <laughs> it's really <laughs> it's been challenging. <laughs> but I think by the end of it we will have a far better relationship because we will be dealing with those things because those things had to get dealt with at some point. Yeah. We're just dealing with it right now. Yeah. Well, yeah, absolutely. We're having to acknowledge and work through it. We can't just let things go by the wayside because just don't have the time nothing would get done yeah or we just stay shitty and then we both can't concentrate and that's happened Mm. many a time before um so we're 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 learning how to communicate better and again going back to the whole emotional type person that i am versus you will can really easily dissociate or disconnect and sort of dissociate is probably not the right word but disconnect from so if we've had a fight he could literally turn to his laptop and start working whereas i am just fucking tornado yeah i just want to like rip his head off but genuinely i think because i need to talk it out i need to get like to the bottom of it and be okay and feel good but i think then i'm like yep good i feel good now it's all over and you're like oh my god that just took so much out of me (laughs) So anyway, we're trying to find the balance. Anyway. We're very hopeful that we look back in 10 years' time and maybe have successfully exited this business and mm. doing something else and we'll be able Not to Not together. <laughs> <laughs> when we exit this, I'm going that Nothing. way and you're going that way. You reckon? Um, it's a bit sad. I mean, like we might do some things, but not 24-7. Right. One and done. <laughs> but we are very hopeful that when that time comes – We've built a successful business and a successful relationship. Yeah. Because we haven't been able to necessarily find role models that have done both that I've seen. There's a lot of – I mean, Mel Perkins and her husband, I don't remember his name, but they've done it. Mm. But no one that's kind of publicly put it out there about what that journey's been like. And that's probably why we decided to do something so unique as do a podcast (laughs) is – you know, there's a lot of podcasts out there, but we couldn't find anyone or anyone to look up to who had mm. successfully built a family and a business mm. 
concurrently. Yeah. And and also with children as young as our children. And to be fair, we haven't done that either. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not like we're sitting here telling you all the good things and what to do. And no, but you're on the journey with us. But we're going to share the journey and yeah. we're going to share the ups and downs of that. We're going to talk yeah. it through and who knows where it leads to. But mm. we're hopeful that it will lead to successes in both domains. Yeah, that sounds like a conclusion. Are you like concluding us or are we Are we done? Oh, I, I still want to ask you about what your background is. Oh. I think we need to say a little bit about us though. Okay. Like where do you come from? What do you, what, not what necessarily do you Bendigo. Do you do you, uh, Gatnado. Where do I come from? What do you well, mean? no, just like what your background is. Okay, so I'll go then. All right. <laughs> Give me the template. No, but I'm saying, so So you understand a little bit about who we are and, and what we're about. Um, so prior to this, I was a teacher for 14 years. Prior to that, I studied psychology and I uh, then did a grad dip in education, then moved to the UK for a year and taught over in the UK and then came back and did a master's in education and then, yeah, teaching, teaching, teaching for 14 years. Um, And the reason I think it's important to share that is, A, we do have knowledge in certain specific areas. So I would say I'm very good at dealing with hormonal teenagers and their parents. (laughs) Parents, <laughs> um, I'm also or was also a very career-driven woman. I worked my ass off and I climbed that ladder as such in education. Um, but my role was always pastoral, so it was always well-being of kids. So um, I, I did double in curriculum. <clears throat> excuse me, which means writing curriculum and that kind of thing for psychology and English. Uh, but what I loved was helping students. And so I was either a year 12 coordinator or my last stint was um, running a campus, so year seven and eight campus with like 500 students um, and say about 40 staff that were underneath. That sounds horrible. That, were, that worked with me, whatever. Um, and I would just support students and it was always at those really tough critical times where they didn't know if they wanted to be at school, they were getting in trouble nonstop, they were finding it really hard to fit in the education system because our education system is broken, but that's a story for another time. Again, we've got lots of stories for other times. Um, Yeah, and I just was always there for them and their emotional well-being and I think that that lends itself to what we were saying before about me being such an emotional being like I would sit with these kids and they would cry and I'd get emotional in the office and I remember one of my first students ever when I was like 22 that's when I started teaching um you know she had a horrible story and and home life was awful for her and she had an awful stepdad she was cutting she was not she was starving herself it was just oh my gosh and it was so hard for me to switch off from that and I guess that's why I went into psychology as well because I loved understanding human behavior and and minds and why we do what we do and think the way we think and um yeah so I think and also part of it is then becoming a mother and this identity crisis of who am I what am I what do I do who do I I still suffer from that I still sometimes think am I here literally just to cook and clean and be a snack bitch for my kids and like that's literally all Just I do. Just snack, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> that's what they call them. That's who who like does? The mums, all right? <laughs> if you know, you know. A snack, bitch. Yeah. Like, a, yeah. That's what they call it. Go on like every – anyway, you're not, in, you're not in the click, all right? Oh, no. I missed that one. <laughs> but my point is that who do you live for and it's trying to – and then going back into the workplace, your priorities have shifted but you still want to feel like you're, you know – 
important in, in ways other than being a mum. Anyway, so that's me. Hence, would you like to give a background on you? I can give a background. Show me where the mute button is for me because I have a few reflux issues. Am I <laughs> mute me before I'm even done? Which one was it? That one. Okay. I'll be back. Um, yeah, I don't have any experience being a snack bitch. <laughs> that water came out your nose. Um, but I, I was a bit of a fuck up as a kid. Um, in my teenage years, maybe one of those challenging teenagers that you dealt with, mm. bounced around from school to school in good old Bendigo and uh, ended up finishing off my schooling up in Wodonga with my grandparents and moved down to the city with all my mates, lived in Richmond in a share house and was, I don't know, 1920, um, went over on a trip to the Philippines to a community over there where a couple of my mates were building a village and... Um, started a business out of that so our first business was a global expedition company we were taking students from australia over to a remote village in the philippines where they helped out building houses and doing um doing planting of seeds to um to build veggie gardens and doing leadership programs and doing hiking and riding well they weren't riding motorbikes but we were riding motorbikes um and then so i did that business um that was we then partnered with a company out of the UK. I built the business here in Australia for a number of years. We we're taking students over to Africa, Asia, and South America, and then COVID hit in 2020, and we had a bunch of kids travelling and uh, thought that we'd push them from April 2020 back to September 2020. Obviously, that didn't thinking it was all going to be over, as in COVID. Yeah, clearly that didn't work out. Um, so that business was wound up, and then uh, I was doing my MBA. At Swinburne University and met um, my previous business partner Simon Hammond there who was teaching his brand and marketing course and um, he just started a new agency and uh, asked me to come in and be the CEO and his business partner and so we built that business for a number of years, had some terrific clients, did some really exciting work, um, a feature length documentary on loneliness which is actually coming out very soon and then plug, plug. <laughs> put the link to the trailer um, and then, yeah, Stephanie mentioned before, someone was diagnosed with a brain tumour in early 2021. And, um, yeah, we tried to keep... 2022. 2022, was it? When our bell was on. 2022, yeah. Mm. Uh, and so, you know, it sort of kicked off 2022 being a very challenging year and we tried to keep that business alive and ended up um, going separate ways at the end of 2022. And um, then here we are. Yeah, so... No doing Asklay. So I've been in yeah. business, I guess, Your whole most life. of my adult life. Mm. You're definitely an entrepreneur, things. like as wanky as that word is. But you are. Like you have that big ideas, big thoughts, you know, big grand visions. I'm much more of a doer. I'm like the soldier, I would say. I'll get on the front line and do. You don't want to do. You want to like think and then get people to do. But that's why we work really well because... That is you. You are just a big thinker and I think it's incredible. But um, We'd probably still be at the start line if it wasn't for you. <laughs> but we complement each other. Yeah, totally. I, I like to think big and Well, Asclay was essentially your idea of saying, why don't we do this? And it was like, yeah. And so we were trying to work. Well, I was part-time teaching and Will was um, 
winding down, I guess, with some clients. And then April this year, I was like, I'm quitting. Like, let's do this. Let's just throw ourselves into this. And trust me when I say that has been the most intense leap of our life, but definitely of my life. Um, Because we don't have an income. We don't have, like, there's a lot of instability in our life. But, yeah, it's bloody fun. It is fun. It's really fucking hard. Really <laughs> but it's a lot of fun. Mm. Uh, so we're, we're all in on this. And I mean, yeah, the initial concept was to create totally bespoke postnatal supplements, which is still part of what we're doing. But Stephanie went around and just started interviewing mums and talking to them about some of the challenges that they have postnatally. And um, there was really clear feedback from all of them that there's an absolute lack of support mm. uh, once their baby arrives, be that physically, emotionally, um, whatever the case may be, there's just there's no security or safety blanket that's put around them. And mm. this idea of, you know, used to having a village that would raise a child, that's no longer the case. A lot of parents do it alone. A lot of mums especially do it alone. A lot of families are, you know, both parents back into the workforce really soon after having a child and um, and there's a total lack of support. So the, the, so the concept for what Asclay is has really evolved and been guided by the feedback that we've been getting from mums and so now we're building a platform that actually allows mums to connect with essential health services so whether they need a psychologist Shh, don't tell too much oh keep watching this space keep watching this space are we intentionally not saying that okay <gasps> no nah, that's it th- oh that's enough all right that's enough so anyway we'll it, tell you about that it has evolved and, yeah and it will keep evolving like that's what we've learned we're not wedded to, you know, we, we want to do what's best for mums. And I have my lived experience, but, you know, everyone, ha- every other mother has theirs. So if you want to talk to me about your own experience, call in. At blank, 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 blank. <laughs> no, but seriously, I'd love to chat. Um, yeah, well, that's pretty good. It's pretty good for episode one. Yeah, get to know the Slaters. 40 minutes. Yep. Maybe if you less. got this far. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for all you three people that are listening, mum and dad. Thanks, mum. <laughs> We appreciate it. We love you.